Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit healthlock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's healthlock.com. Hello, welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. It's New Year's freaking eighth. And there's going to be a vaccine in the new year. There's going to be a new president in the new year. And Devin, I haven't said this to you yet today, but I am deciding that 2021 is going to be my year of love. Why do you have to jinx stuff like this? I don't get it. Like, just don't jinx it. Just leave no, it. No, I'm not jinxing it. I am, and I won't leave it either. I want to fall in love this year. I want a, um, I want a miraculous love story, and I, it doesn't even have to last. I don't even know if I'm ready for a commitment. I just want, um, a rendezvous, not okay. even a rendezvous because I don't want to anyone. Um, I don't want to like take my clothes off or anything. I just want to make Ew. out with someone on the street corner. Okay, listen. I got a suggestion for you to meet someone. And it is I'm not going online. Okay, no, I it's not online. It's actually very unconventional because Animal I like Crossing. to think outside the box. <laughs> um, no, but I actually wish that I could play Animal Crossing because my um BFF Victoria Valella is a Animal Crossing high score winner and I really want to join her in the world of Twitch, but I can't right now. I have been watching a little piece of cinema recently, and that is called 12 Dates of Christmas on HBO Max. Now, it can get confusing when Googling because there's also a Hallmark movie called The 12 Dates of Christmas, which is pretty obvious. Like, that's like saying there's dairy and butter. It's like, yeah, there's a Hallmark movie called 12 Dates of Christmas, of course. But there's also a new HBO Max original reality series. I'm loving that they're getting into reality. I I think that they are above Netflix in reality and below Bravo, so right in the middle of love. And they have this show called 12 Dates of Christmas, and I just watched all eight episodes in two days. And it's really good. It's 
really diverse. They have a gay uh, star of the series. It's three different singles, a straight woman, a straight male, and a gay man. And they're looking for love. They get all these random people showing up at their castle in Winter Wonderland. And so I know that you have said you wouldn't be able to go on The Bachelor because of the sleep schedule and the general stress. I think that 12 Dates is the one for you because... They're at this castle that I think's in Austria, and it's like really obviously cold and snowy outside. They really don't seem to do much. It's mostly like sitting around this castle in pajamas, and then like every once in a while they'll go on a date. But like one of the dates was this girl and Faith and this guy, Jamil, and they were walking alpacas in the snow, and they took like five steps, and then Faith was like, "Um, I'm actually like really cold. Should we go inside? And they were like, yeah, let's go inside. Wow, that is my... Yeah, that's my love language. So I think that you should apply to go on it. And then the ending of the show is that you bring home whoever you choose for Christmas. So risky. That would be really fun. No, that would be fun. And then you bring someone home. You surprise Denise and Nora and Grandma and Coyote and a llama. Mr. Rogers. And <laughs> I bring a llama home. You're like, this is my alpaca. And okay, I I know it's a lot, but please be open-minded. And they're like... No, we're not open-minded. No, we don't believe you. And then you're like, please, please, I'm just telling you who I really am. Please get to know the real me. And then they're like, we thought you were a different Carolina that we grew up with. And you're now you're someone new? Who are you? And then you're like, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is a mask. I'm really Jim Carrey. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm writing this down. I really want to have a Lifetime movie about me and an alpaca. How about alpaca my bags? Alpaca picnic. <laughs> I'll pack, I'll pack up my, my bags, bags. <laughs> and I go into Austria. <laughs> we have a Q&A episode for you guys today. Our producers and our editor were like, make it short, people. And we, we were may- like, you, we get it. You don't like listening to our voices. We get it. You want to listen to Evermore for the 17th time. We get it. They were like, maybe a 10-minute episode for the new year. Um, but we had some great DMs. We had some great emails. As always, you can write us at truromancepod at gmail.com. We love reading from our listeners. I'm going to start off with this first one because it's something that I love. Hi, Devin and Carolina. Background. I dated a guy casually 2015 to 2017, and he would come in and out of my life for a good two years, and it was on and off summer fling. He would come back into my life, keeping tabs on my social media and would, and would reappear when it was convenient, when I seemed interesting to him, or so I think, lol. His back and forth ghosting and reappearing screwed with me a lot because I started to develop real and deep feelings for him. Fast forward to summer of 12, 2017 to present when I met my current boyfriend, who I absolutely love, who treats me like a queen, woot woot, beep beep, and I feel so lucky to have. Fast forward to today, 2020, Ghost Guy has a serious girlfriend but still likes all of my Instagram posts and has been for the past three years, might I add. Why do our exes orbit our social media and why does it keep them relevant longer than they should be? If I were his current girlfriend, I wouldn't feel great if I knew he was liking his ex's posts. Solo shots included, I would add. When I think about this objectively, I realize I'm not even attracted to Ghost Guy anymore, but yet I'm still fascinated. I believe it has something to do with me wondering if the timing would have ever been right if I would have been enough for him slash an ego bruise. Do either of you have any experience with this? Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for writing in. I love this question because 
It doesn't seem very much as an advice question as much as it is like a philosophical question. Mm -hmm. What I'll say is when someone ghosts you or when someone goes back and forth and plays a little bit of those games, those dynamics, whether or not they're conscious of it, it does not matter because they're still treating you poorly. Whether or not these feelings they're having are real or they're just a narcissist who's loving the attention, who gives a shit? I don't even want to analyze that anymore. They still are doing shitty behavior. What I'll say is, yes, when people start doing that, you stop even seeing your experience of them. You are just thinking about their experience of you. So for me, I, I when guys have done that, I've stopped even estimating how I feel about them because I'm so – I'm hooked, you know? Like someone's compared to me to playing the slots at the casino. Like that's how gambling addicts are made because you don't know when you're going to get a rush of love and attention and you don't know when they're just going to be sitting there. So they kind of make a gambling addict out of me, and I really want to see, you know, what can get them. It sounds like you're in a great relationship now. So, of course, uh, that kind of person loves coming around when you're in a good relationship and just throwing out, you know, flares and seeing if you respond to any of them. Since he does have a current girlfriend, I would just say it's just an indicator that you don't want to be in a relationship with someone like that. Yes, totally. It's like, oh, he's making it clear that he's not a very good boyfriend. If I had a boyfriend who was liking girls' solo shots that he used to hook up with, that would be a long conversation. That would be like... And his soul would be very warm when he met his maker. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And when Satan was waiting down there in the downstairs area, you know what I'm talking about? It would be a long conversation with him and his maker. Not even me. H-E double hockey sticks. That's where he's heading. No, I'm kidding. H-E double hockey sticks. Great Disney Channel original movie, though, by the way. It's about one of the Lawrence brothers who sells his soul to the devil so he can be a better hockey player, I think. Um, Anyway, so I totally agree with what Carolina said. That was my first instinct was like, whoa, good thing you're not in a relationship with this guy if he's liking his ex's pictures. No, thank you. Absolutely not. And I weirdly have like only ever dated people who aren't into social media because I guess I'm just high class like that. Um, No, just kidding. I don't know why that happens. But I so I haven't come across this specific issue, but it is really creepy and weird when someone haunts your social media after especially after like a ghosting like fucked up situation. It just seems manipulative and I think it's the Carrie Big scenario where when Carrie was in a happy relationship with Aiden, Big came back and was like immediately trying to fuck boy his way right back into her heart. And she was like, I'm happy. Can you please just leave me alone? Like, you don't get to do this now. I'm happy now. And we all know that the creators of the show should have followed that instinct in the end instead of making her end up with big which was really crazy she never should have ended up with big but that was kind of the dynamic like is that whenever she would move away from him or see other people because that's what he asked for like to see other people or to not be committed when she would be not committed to him and be with someone else then he would freak out and seek more attention and I think he's a narcissist fuckboy. Yes. I'm not saying that this person on your social media is, but I would just think about it, I guess. I don't want to be with anyone ever again who's ambivalent about me at all. Yes. And it sounds like from what you're describing, his behavior is showing other people that he's ambivalent about them as well. So he just sounds like an ambivalent person who's looking for attention wherever they can get it. I do want to say if you're enjoying this, that's totally human and fine. 
I wouldn't respond. I wouldn't jump back in at all, especially because you seem to be happy with your current boyfriend. But even Jesus caught his reflection once in a while. You're allowed to be um, flattered or have your ego, you know, bumped a little bit if someone's liking your posts. But yeah, it's sort of a it's a red flag. He sounds like he's covered in red flags, and and good for you for um, you know having left that scenario. Um, I also want to say about Big that I think that uh, Sex and the City gaslit a nation by saying basically that Carrie changed Big. Yes, I totally agree. He never would have um, been changed. He never would have bought her that fucking closet. Come on. He never would have turned around and tried to come back to the wedding. He's a narcissist. He doesn't care about her. He doesn't care about anyone else. Yep. And I really hope that they make a third movie, as Lauren Lapkus called for on our episode with her, and that they just give us the ending we deserve. And also, not to bring everything back to 12 Dates of Christmas, but there is this dynamic on 12 Dates of Christmas where one of the main suitors was interested in this guy, Dominic, and Dominic was not interested in him back. And he was like, I'm not sure if I feel a spark. Like, he was very ambivalent. But the main guy was, like, obsessed with him. Meanwhile, there's these three other suitors there who are very into him, and he ignores them in favor of Dominic because he's, like, trying to see if he can win Dominic's affection. And I just was like, why are you wasting your time on this guy who's not interested in you? He doesn't deserve you. Like, you have all these other amazing people around you. Open your eyes. Open your GD eyes. Those two gems on your face. Let me hop to the next question. Devin and Carolina, thanks for the pod. Really enjoy it. I'm currently dating a new guy. We didn't use any protection when we met the first time and neither the week after. I let this happen because I was still on my menstruation and knew it was quote unquote safe, even though I'm actually a bit underwhelmed with his interest in the topic. Well, before we meet this Sunday, I have to give him the talk because I'm not taking the pill, don't care to ever get back on it, and also don't think I should be the one buying condoms. I have a maxi pad of really cheap ones that I bought a while ago just in case. But if he wants her- <laughs> A maxi pack of really cheap ones. Oh, I said maxi pad. But <laughs> if he really, if he wants or needs any extra thin air, feel, touch, whatever stuff, it should not be my fucking business, right? I'm in general very annoyed with women apparently being in charge of birth control up to this day and men not seeming to spend too many thoughts on that. Would like to hear your take on it. Um, yeah, I am with you. I was 17 years old buying condoms for my 20-year-old boyfriend because he, quote unquote, felt embarrassed. I'm just going to let that land. I'm glad you let that land. I've never bought condoms and I never will because it is not my responsibility. And I do pay uh, copay every month for birth control. But even if I didn't, I pay for tampons every month. I pay for so much fucking bullshit. Skincare, makeup, fucking bullshit, clothes. Men are always talking about complaining about. I mean, I guess I should stop making so many blanket statements about men because it's a double standard. But I have heard a few men talk about and complain about like having to pay for dates and i just want to say that they have no idea how much we have to pay for i am never buying a box of condoms for somebody else fucking put your big boy pants on i also have to say i hate birth control i hate it it's i my body does not react well to it the i love it oh my god i went on in high school had a month-long period was severely depressed and could not achieve an orgasm on it so i was like wait why am i on this it's really making me not want to have sex 
went on this one in college called Quasense or something like that. And it's the one that gives you one period a year or one period every nine months. And, you know, the SNL joke about it was like, and when you get your period, hold on to your (laughs) fucking hats, ladies, because it's going to be a juicy. Again, super depressed. I would actually tell any woman out there who's feeling so depressed right now or really anxious, unless it's just the pandemic and um, the world on fire, just uh, birth control has had serious effects on my mental well-being. So I guess that's the thing, too, is I always felt guilted into the fact that I should take it because, you know, condoms, ew, like that sucks for guys. But it's just crazy that that's the only option is that this thing that makes me really depressed or a guy feeling like uncomfortable because he has to wear a condom. I also think you mentioned people pleasing here, and that's something that I have done in this area a lot. Just don't do anything that you'll be worried about. Yeah, that will <laughs> cause you stress. Thing. And don't do anything that will cause you stress because you are afraid to say anything in the moment. Yeah, and I really don't think it should be our responsibility. And I know that I'm privileged that birth control works for my, the birth control pill works for my body. I actually went on it before I was sexually active because I just had really bad periods and it really helped me with that. But I know that that is a privilege and a lot of people don't have that experience. So I don't think that women should have to be burdened with this responsibility. And I'm really glad someone wrote in about it. Me too. And I do want to talk about it more at length. I think it's just. um... And you shouldn't. If someone who doesn't isn't willing to wear a condom for you is not worth your time. No. Yeah, that can't be a conversation. Absolutely not. It really is so strange. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with more true romance. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. 
And we're back with True Romance. Carolina and Devin, your show is so funny and has been keeping me company during relatively lonely pandemic times. You and I both, my friend. It has been keeping me company as well. Um, Thank you for your humiliation. Oh, I'm going to skip over this part. Thank you for your humiliations that make me feel better about myself because they're so embarrassing. No, I'm just kidding. She did not say that. She said humility. I am writing in because I have had a crush for a while and keep trying to build up the confidence to finally ask her out. I am not as practiced in queer relationships and tend to date men because I know how to play the cane, quote unquote. But then that's not really intimacy. I also have mutual friends with this person, but they're newer friends and I worry about what they'll think. I feel like I'm embarrassing, honestly. How can I avoid feeling not good enough for this person to hype myself up to finally ask her out? So a couple of things. De- neither Devin and I are qu- nor I are queer, so we can't really uh, talk about our experience in terms of that. It does make me think that we should have one of our queer friends on the pod, Devin, to talk about this dynamic. Um, but I'll say that the feeling of how can I avoid feeling not good enough for this person? So that's how I approach any time I like someone. And from what I'm going to do another plug for the book attached What the book attached taught me was that when I immediately like someone, I immediately go to a codependent insecure place where I'm like, oh, because, you know, I like this person. They're so great. I won't get to be with them because they're so great and I suck. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you don't know this person that well. You know, you yes, it's that you've said you've had a crush for a while, but you don't really know someone until you start dating them. So you don't you don't do not build them up to be this perfect person. I promise you they're imperfect and you are too, but that does not mean not good enough. So try to, I would say, get to know them more, ask them to hang out more. Um, I have trouble just taking to my time with things because um, I like this morning I was in a bad mood and I'm on my period and I just thought like I want a boyfriend and like I don't want like to get to know someone fall in love I just want a boyfriend who I can talk to and who I can make, make a schedule with like I don't and I, I realized like that's how I sort of act like I don't want the slow burn or whatever because I just get impatient so as much as I identify with you yeah I would ask her to hang out yeah my experience with crushes is that I usually don't have the patience to like not say something or I don't have like the yeah I just like I I have this like sudden desperation which comes from me being insecure attached where I'm like I have to say something I have to find out whether or not this is gonna happen um and I think usually taking things slower works better but also like I think if I want to be with someone, I'm going to have to find out one way or another if they want to be with me too. So to me, I'm always like, why not just find out sooner and say how I'm feeling and see if they feel the same way. But I understand that with friendships, it's a little bit more delicate. No one who doesn't want to be with you is good enough for you, as we've been saying. And um, I totally get that. I struggle so much with low self-esteem and I always feel inferior to the people that I want to be around um and you know i think the main things that have helped me with that is actually just like being alone and learning that i can do stuff on my own and and being in my own life and focusing on my own life and showing up for people like showing up for my family showing up for my friends like proving to myself that i'm like such an esteemable person is like the only thing that really gives me self-esteem 
and then I can bring that to a relationship and feel like a whole person who's like um who's ready to be with another whole person as opposed to previous relationships I've gotten into because I've felt like half a person and I'm like oh I need you to complete my life like I actually right. like don't really want to do my own life right now. So how about I just latch yes. on to your life because your life seems so much better than mine. And I would rather fill myself with that than fill myself with like growth and all this stuff. So um, I as I've said on the podcast before, I'm really grateful for the time that I was single because the times in my life that I've been single, because I feel like those were the times that I've grown the most and really shown myself that like I don't need this other person's approval to know that I'm worth something this is really helpful to me Devin really yes well I I had to focus on concentrating because um like four minutes ago I was imagining dating Robert Pattinson and like curing his depression by like my sunshine and then I started listening to I was like oh no listen to what Devin's saying and then while listening to you I was like yes like these are my fantasies because I do not want to focus on my own life right now yeah and also I think you're like one of the you're the person who put the idea into my head of like be in your own life be in your own life and recommended attached to me which both saved my life even though I you recommended attached so many times and then I was like no eh, I don't know I don't know uh, uh." and then my therapist recommended it once and I was like I'm actually reading this literature called attach and you were like okay I don't remember that, but that's so funny because all of the time I think about, and I know I've talked about in the pod before, you thinking that your boyfriend didn't like you or you having a crush on a guy not thinking that he liked you and my mom recommending you reading, he's just not that into you <laughs> while you're crying. It still makes me laugh. Also, like, I am the most defensive person when I'm emotional. The last thing I wanted to say to this listener, when you say I feel like I'm embarrassing, you're not. Everyone feels that way. Not I, at I all. truly, truly promise you. I think about things I've said weeks ago that I'm worried came off weird. And when I mention them to the a person who was in the room, they can't remember them. Yeah. So you're not embarrassing. That is a false narrative. Our next question. Dear Devin and Carolina, my question for you ladies is at what point after a breakup do you delete a text chain? I broke up with someone in June. I don't have an emotional reaction to the messages, but I do still go back and find links for music. But at one point, is it weird to still have the text chain on my phone? I know this might be an old problem, but I am new to the dating game again because I was married from 2011 to 2018. I am very paranoid about ever reaching out to the person again, so I delete their number. Thankfully, I have a bad memory, so I can't remember their phone number. I delete their number. I delete their stuff off my social media. Um, And I have to say, it is... um, I don't want their face or or stuff like that in my purview. That being said, there usually are good memories. So before I delete something off my social media, for example, sometimes I'll screenshot it. If it was a bad breakup, yeah, all that stuff can go in the trash. But no, I have, you know, pictures and stuff from relationships where I was really happy and I don't need to delete those text chains. However, yes, my friend Hannah once said, don't feast on nostalgia. Oh, like, don't get drunk off of it. Cuts which to the <laughs> core, as always. It's really hard. It's really hard. When I'm sad, I want to dig in. I want to watch a Grace Anatomy video on YouTube. And Listen I just, to Evermore. Yes, I just want to feel it harder as sort of like a dessert dish. I have to cut it out because sometimes it'll just lead me to a hopeless state. Even when emotions aren't attached, honestly, because I feel like I'm pretty good... 
in terms of looking at the past, but still once in a while I want to catch a feeling. So for me personally, I don't want to see texts. Um, I hold pictures on my phone, but when they, you know, when Apple, you know, very kindly reminds me of a sweet anniversary day picture, I have to, you know, shove it down and, uh, find something to do besides reminisce because it's, it's kind of a, a, a way for me to hold the space of that person, you know, like to put a placeholder in instead of welcoming something new. It's also a time suck. Yeah, I mean, I think that I am probably a bad person to give advice on this because I am so avoidant with stuff like this. Like after a breakup, I just like never want to see. I want to pretend that like the correspondence with that person like never existed and I like can't even look at it. So I just never look at it again. And so I've never like deleted numbers or anything because I'm just like, I don't even want to look at that. But I probably should. But I do know that like Carolina said, it is usually best like in any of these situations to just like delete and set the boundary for yourself if you do feel you're you're like tending to look at old pictures on Instagram or whatever like it is probably best to just block and I guess the step towards finding closure is accepting like there's nothing more for me to try to understand here so I should probably just like move on and as Melania said be best and who gives a fuck about Christmas decorations? Uh, I want that engraved in stone. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. And we're back with True Romance. We have one more question from a listener. A male listener, which I love. Hey, guys, loving the pod all the way from the UK. Woot, woot. 
You both have been very open about eating disorders on the podcast, which I appreciate. My girlfriend has struggled with severe anorexia for the past five years, and sometimes I feel like there is more I could be doing. Do you guys have any advice or tips on how to support someone who is living with an eating disorder? I understand this kind of question can be triggering, so please don't answer it if it makes you uncomfortable. No, thank you for saying that. It does. It's not triggering for me. In fact, I love talking about myself more, and you sound like an amazing partner. I am so sorry to hear what your girlfriend has been struggling with. I know it's painful going through anorexia, but from hearing my family's sides, it was really hard and confusing for them as well and stressful to figure out how to talk to someone who was that unwell. And I can't imagine having a partner have to suffer through it with me because it's 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 just naturally painful to see someone in pain. In terms of support, I think one of the things to keep in mind is that when we're consumed by an obsession like that, love can't cure it, if that makes sense. You can't love this disease away from her. And I'm only saying that for your benefit because I feel like I know when I've had friends or loved ones who are unwell, I think like if I can just make it clear how amazing you are, how incredible you are, you won't be in pain anymore. I I totally agree. I'm so sorry that you are struggling with this and that your girlfriend is um and i i know how much pain or i can imagine how much pain she is in and um how much pain you are in as a result of this um i think eating disorders like substance abuse and an illness that affects your family and friends and loved ones like a lot and it's really hard and I don't think there's any like it sucks because I don't think there's any blanket um, advice that can apply to every situation where someone has an eating disorder. Just like there's no bl- there's not a lot of blanket advice that can apply to situations with substance abuse aside from what Carolina said, which is like you do not have the capacity to cure this uh, this person's mental illness and it's bigger than you and they need help that's bigger than you and something that because I'm really codependent and I constantly want to like fix um, my partner's problems like if I'm dating someone and they have a hangnail I'm like no 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 like I'm like don't be uncomfortable (laughs) because I have like an innate feeling that I'm not okay unless the people around me are okay which is codependency so something that I've had to be reminded of a lot is just that like my main responsibility is just to show up for this person in whatever capacity I am committed to them. So if it's a friend who's going through something like this, my main responsibility is just to show up for them as a friend. And if I'm a partner to someone who's going through something, my main responsibility is just to be a partner, which usually looks like just like listening and supporting. Like I'm not a doctor. I can't give medical advice. If I haven't been through what the person's going through, like if you haven't had anorexia, you can't give advice on that. Um, so I would just say, like, try to just listen and, and be a support. And the the most helpful advice I've ever gotten on how to, like, show up for people who are going through something I don't have experience with is to ask, like, do you want advice or do you want to just vent? And then if the person says, like, they want advice to try to respond to that to the best of my ability, whether that means saying, like, well, I don't have direct experience like this with this, but it seems like you really need help. Um, I think you should talk to a professional and if they say they just want to vent, then to just listen and not try to fix it. I think that the same goes for like being honest about or, or not being honest, but like that same thing applies to whether the person is going to hear you when you're honest mm-hmm. with them. Like yeah. people had 
been honest with me about like my eating disorder and my uh, substance abuse long before I did anything about it because I wasn't ready to hear them until a certain point. And then when I was ready, I did hear them and I heard how much pain my loved ones were in and I heard that they really cared about me and that's why they were saying something. So you can't control if or when she'll be in a place to hear what you're saying. So I think that's why it's also helpful to say like, do you want advice right now? Or like, how do you want me to respond to this? Um, Yeah. But if she's, you know, something that I've done in my, um, with my eating disorder is like asking the people around me to agree with it in a way is something I still struggle with in terms of saying like, you know, to the people around me, like commenting on my own weight to see if they'll respond or like saying that I'm going to go on a diet to see if they'll respond. And I've had people say like, why are you asking me that? Why are you saying that? Like, why are you talking about your body in that way? Like you're my friend and it really hurts me to talk about yourself, to hear you talk about yourself like that. Um, So I think that's really helpful if, if your partner is, is engaging in that kind of behavior of like um, saying out loud uh stuff that is clearly of her illness i think it's totally fair to say like it hurts me to hear you say that or like please don't talk that way around me and um you know like i think it's also like something i something i feel about friends who are struggling with issues like this a lot is well what's what's the plan because like let's play this tape forward like what's going to happen for our relationship if this doesn't get better And I want to, like, have – I'm not talking about just romantic relationships, but, like, people in my life who've struggled with stuff like this. It's just, like, I'm always, like – but I want to, like, imagine, like, the years coming forward so much that we're going to celebrate together and do together. And and it's hard for me to to hear that you want to continue, like, hurting your own body in this way because that really scares me. And I – want you to be healthy because I love being around you so much. Yeah. I think that you also are allowed to take care of yourself. You don't need to make her disease something that, um, that I I always, as a codependent, think it's such annoying advice when people are like, take care of yourself first, because I'm like, actually, no, we're in crisis. Thank you very much. (laughs) I know it actually is self care to take care of yourself first because she needs to be given the opportunity to take care of herself. And that's really hard to do when you're expecting your loved one to rescue you. And, and unfortunately for all of us, no one can rescue us from this stuff except ourselves. I think that it's okay for you to ask to um, be in a session with her and her therapist. Hopefully she has one to just discuss ways you can be helpful. Um, that doesn't mean that you need to go to couples therapy with her or anything. I've just heard that it was helpful from people who have been through similar stuff. Um, because I know my family had to learn how to talk to me about food and et cetera, you know, which it really was to learn not to talk to me about food, not to talk to me about my weight, no addressing when I lost weight, when I gained weight. It was never, I'm worried about your body or your body looks good. It just became a moot point in my household because of what a therapist had taught them. So with that being said, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for writing in. And just so you know, you sound like an amazing partner. Yes, totally agree. One last question to end our 
episode on is we had a reader. We had a, I always call them readers. We had no a one reads write- the transcript of our podcast, even though we post it on a Reddit thread every week and we try to see what people will say and no one says anything. The diehards do. Um, hi, love the pod. Been listening since day one. Beep, beep. Uh, can I please make an absolutely important request? Can you guys talk about Cruel Intentions and how wild of a movie this was to watch at a very young age? Thanks. So Cruel Intentions is, I'm going to use the word dumb. It's a dumb movie. If you watch it again, as a child, I sobbed and I cried and I thought the sex scene to the Counting Crows song was beautiful. But now I watch it and I see that Reese Witherspoon was a star. Ryan Phillippe is um, an incel. And uh, that girls kissing each other was like revolutionary. It was like edgy for girls to make out. Yeah, I mean, I don't even remember, like, this was one of those movies that was just on randomly on, like, um, <laughs> Yes, no, this is how HBO. I watched it, too. Yeah, yeah, like, it would just be on, and I would just, like, leave it on, because I'd be like, oh, it's uh, the girl from Legally Blonde, I'll watch this. And all I remember is, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar in a satin, like, nighty on a couch, and I was like, what is That's this? That's pretty much the movie. And then, like, like some diary at the end. Like, I was like, I'm yeah. not really following. So the I don't really... The cocaine necklace. The cocaine crucifix. Yeah. I remember being like, what's that powder? Flash forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say I knew what that powder I, was. What is that powder? Um, I would like to know more about kids, that, I think. You could say I knew what that powder was eventually. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Devin's um, never even smoked a cigarette. She's a fucking poser. I've, I've never even smelled tobacco smoke, guys. I don't even... The only book I read is the Bible and um, the Fast and the Furious uh, screenplays, which I have every single one. No, no, no. I I just didn't find this movie that exciting. I think Ryan Phillippe should be canceled. And I don't get why David E. Kelly makes a show with him when he also made one. Big with Little Skies. So, yeah, Big Little Skies. I feel like that's a power move on Reese's part where she's like, you know what? I need to give my baby daddy a job. Maybe, but it's just like. Choose a side and choose wisely. But you know how I feel. I I, I know. Choose, I choose my sides in Hollywood, and then I can never look back. So <laughs> I I've chosen Reese's side, and and Ryan Phillippe uh, needs to be canceled just because he talks like this. He talks like a preppy kid, and it drives I've me crazy. I don't even know. Have I seen him in anything? Like, what is he in? <laughs> Wait, what are you talking, Ryan Phillippe? Yeah. Now you're making me blank. I know he hasn't been any in anything for like 30 years. That's okay. That's true. Yeah. He was in the, the oh. movie Crash. He was in like some show about a murder that I tried to watch. So I guess um, that's him. Yeah. Uh, Cruel Intentions. You know what is good is um, Intolerable Cruelty with Catherine Jada- Zeta-Jones. No, it's not. I saw that in theaters. Devin's wrong. Um, Wait, let me see that, what this was about. This was good. It was right? about like two lawyers who are in love. It was George Clooney. The whole movie takes place in boardrooms. Okay, Miles Massey, George Clooney, is an ex- exceptional divorce lawyer who specializes in saving cheating husbands from having to pay expensive settlements. Wow, fascinating. Unchallenged, he wearies of his life. Unchallenged, he wearies of his life. No idea what that means. Until he meets the cunning. Marilyn Rexroth, Catherine Zeta-Jones, amazing oh character name. Wow, men writing when Massey's women. Massey's representation, 
Yeah, Marilyn Rexroth. Okay, guys, we're going to give her the name of Marilyn Monroe and then like Rexroth because she's a fucking career woman, okay? When Massey's representation of her husband in court denies her any divorce compensation, Marilyn vows to get revenge. Okay, this is boardroom after boardroom, enlisting the help of an oil baron, Billy Bob Thornton, and the two vie for the advantage in a flirtatious duel of wits. So it's truly like a boardroom law room yeah, drama. Why do I remember movie. this being good? I In 2003, how old was I? Who even knows? I just don't you want to watch a romantic comedy with our best friend Laura Wasser? Don't you want to see her love story, her next love story? Divorce is turning to the stars. I mean, it seems like I'm I guess I'm into this boardroom genre since in middle school I was into intolerable cru- cruelty. But yeah, um, I would love to see that. And there's a lot of things I would love to see. And not a one of them is Big Little Skies with Ryan Phillippe. All I have to say, lastly, about Cruel Intentions is that it sold the myth to girls that you can meet a crazy sociopath and change him into a cuddly, wuddly big bear if you were cute and charming enough. I don't remember the storyline. So, again, I, like, don't even know who you're talking about. So, basically, it's based on um, this old movie. I'm forgetting the name. What, Shakespeare again? No, it's not Shakespeare, but it's based on a story. Ryan Phillippe's stepsister he wants to have sex with. So she says, oh. I'll only sleep with you if you trick this virgin into hooking up with you. And it's Reese Witherspoon. So he does, but he falls in love with her. But he's like, at one point, he's like, it was a bet. And she's like, get out, get out. And then oh my they God. fall in love again. I know. Wow, this is like really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's one of those things you two you watch as like a fifteen year old, and you're like, I'm so. And you're like, up. okay, so I'm supposed to be both like a hot, cunning uh, psychopath and also a virgin. Great, yeah, easy. I'll, I'll try to do both, and that's how I'll get a boyfriend. You guys, my New Year's resolution is to um, be hotter. Just kidding. My New Year's resolution is to be both Reese Witherspoon and Sarah Jessica. Parker and Sarah Michelle Geller, because I mixed up their names. <laughs> ah! Mine is to be Catherine Zeta-Jones um, starring in Cocaine Godmother on the Lifetime Network. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I saw is- that. <laughs> <laughs> my mission is to be not on my phone as much. To My mission is to, to like really think before I speak. <laughs> I'm not doing a good job at it right now because that just, like... But like flew out of my mouth like saliva and I was like um I guess my mission is to think before I speak but I don't want to keep saying stupid stuff and then regretting it so I'm really working on that I want to be on my phone less I want to live in the real world well we'll catch you in 2021 folks we love you so much and thank you for an amazing part of a really hard year oh I didn't mean that the year was amazing don't cancel me sorry I meant just the part about our podcast was amazing Devin, I love you. Love you, Carol. Bye.
What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.